Thanks for joining us for the Abide Message series. Let's prepare our hearts for what God has for us today, and please give a warm welcome to Dr. Derry Long. Good morning. Welcome. My name is Derry. It's great to see you all. Nice to see a little sunshine out there. So here you are in a room with no windows. So I really applaud your commitment, and uh, it's great to be with you and worship with you this morning. A little bit about my clothing. I decided to just go retro. Uh, I came from an era where the Holy Spirit didn't actually show up at a church service if the preacher didn't have a tie on. So uh, I, I think that's probably not a biblical model, but nevertheless. Uh, but I'm even going to go more retro next week. Uh, just for my daughter's sake, I was wearing one of those pairs of tennis shoes that are flat-bottomed. And she said, man, where'd you get those? I said, I actually... I wore these in high school for my basketball team. So uh, just for her sake, next week I'm going to be, that's about as far retro as I can get and still fit into something that uh, I wore when I was uh, little. So uh, anyway, good to see you. We're at a three-part series on abiding or rest or Sabbath and the part that plays in our life. Have you, have you ever lost your way? I don't mean driving, I mean in life. Have you ever lost your way? You're in a relationship, the relationship actually matters, and yet you find yourself behaving in ways that are not only, not only helpful to you, but are destructive to the relationship, and you're having trouble even getting out of it, and, and you can't figure out what to do next, and you've just lost your way. Or you're investing in something, maybe a job or some enterprise or endeavor, and yet you feel this sense of disconnectedness between what you're doing and what you're actually meant to do or how you're wired, and sometimes you just kind of mail it in, and you don't, you don't like how that feels, but you don't know what to do about it, and you just lose your way. I've lost my way. I've lost my way more than once. And the Lord has something that he gives us, a way that he gives us that helps us not to lose our way and if we've lost our way, how to find our way back to a place of health. And it's called a Sabbath or abiding or rest. And that's what we want to look at. I read a lot. For 15 years, I read a book a week and... Uh, now, that's just my life. I know men in this room who work on four or five projects at a time. And women are actually wired for multitasking, so there's many women in this room who can do 10 or 12 things at a time and keep it all straight. But I read. So right now I'm reading five books. I have two down by my bed and three upstairs. The ones by my bed are a novel by Susan Howitch, uh, a book on preaching by a guy named Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was a physician, and then he became a pastor in England. He actually preached for 12 years on the book of Romans. And uh, I'm reading that. Upstairs, I have a book on every chapter is about a great leader. Another is a series of uh, seminary lectures by Dennis Appleby. A third is the life of David Brainerd, who was an early missionary to uh, Native Americans and was actually the son-in-law of Jonathan Edwards. But amongst all my books, I have, a, I have a shelf. And that shelf is for the books that changed my life. 
that I can't even imagine being where I am, thinking the way I think, functioning how I function without having read those books. And one of those books is a book that was written by Mitch Albaum. He's a sports writer. And he had a university professor. And uh, the university professor's name was Maury. And Maury got sick, terminally sick. And so every so often on a Tuesday, Mitch would take a train and he'd go meet with Maury. During these last months of his life. And out of that came a book called Tuesdays with Maury. And when you read Tuesdays with Maury, you can't read that book without thinking, what's my life about? It is a, is a book that is personal, it's human, it has pathos, it's philosophical, it's thin. And yet I'd go through it and I'd think, what's my life about? When I get to a certain point, am I going to be able to look back and say, that was a good run? Or will I have lived my life in a, in a way that one man said, I've lived my life in a way that's made a junkyard of my old age? How, how am I functioning and how am I living? Because you and I can lose our way and so we want to look at how God can help us in that. Let's look at some scriptures as we do that. First Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Then from Exodus chapter 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. For on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. And then the final section out of Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter nor your manservant, maidservant, nor your animals or the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but on the, but on the seventh day he rested. So... A Sabbath isn't just, well, I'm going to take a day off, I'm going to take a nap while the PGA is on. That's, what, that's not what's going on here. Now, it may involve a nap, it may involve a day off, but the foundation of a Sabbath is much, much deeper than that. See, the Sabbath is a sacred day, but it is also a quality of relationship and it is a place of identity. All three are wrapped up in that ability to Sabbath with the Lord. Let's look at that first one. It's a sacred day. The Bible tells us that six days God made the earth and all that was in it. But on the seventh day, he didn't make a thing. He created a way. 
In the first six days, every time he got done, he said, now that's good. But on the seventh day, he created a way for us to keep it good. Otherwise, it starts disintegrating. We start treating the things that God has given us. He gives us good gifts, and we turn them south on ourselves, and they get sour. And so material possessions, which is one of the blessings of the Lord, and suddenly it begins to consume me instead of me consuming it. I once watched a, uh, an interview on television in which they were interviewing people who were involved in the industry of pornography. And it was a stunning interview. For in the course of the interview, the person doing the interviewing asked, what is the most difficult thing about working in this industry? And they all agreed it was loneliness. They had taken something that God had created to express the deepest intimacies between two people and in the hands of fallen people, twisted around, it had now become a tool of loneliness. So God says, I want you to take a day a week. In fact, it goes deeper than that. He said, not only the seventh day, but the seventh year, I want you to to resolve debts, and I want you to let the land be follow. And every cycle of seven, seven years, which was the 50th year, I want you to return land to the people who had it before. There was a seven cycle in order to maintain health. So the Lord says, now this is good, and this is good, and this is good, and now you'll take all these good things and you'll turn them upside down unless you use this way this sacred day, not for action, but reflection. And what's this about? How do I keep this thing good in my life? Now, it's the second thing. It is a quality of relationship. A Sabbath was for me and God to get back on the same page, to make sure that we're, we're tracking together. It is very easy, isn't it, when you're busy, even with your spouses or with people you care about, just to end up on a different page, hardly even notice it because you're too busy to even notice that you're not clicking on something. And we weren't wired. We were not wired not to have my spirit in harmony with your spirit. We're not designed for that. And when that happens, there is discord, and it is destructive both externally and it is destructive internally. My spirit in harmony with your spirit. And yet you know how easy it is, even a marriage relationship, to end up on a, on a different page. The spirit is broken. You're struggling to even communicate with one another. In fact, you know that that is most common on Sunday mornings. You know why that is? Because Sunday is a, is a shift of our routine. So in a crowd this size, it's very likely that some of you were fighting before you got here. You know, I, don't, I told you to shut that door. Oh, oh we're here. Quiet down. We're going to go and worship. <laughs> Remember that old joke about the man and the woman who got into a fight while they were driving and 
he would throw something at her and she'd throw something at him verbally. And finally, the fight turned to an overwhelming silence. She's moved as close to her side of the car as she can, looking out the window. He's as close to his side as he can, looking out the window. But you know, we love to have the last word. And as they drove along, the man looked up and he saw a herd of mules on a hillside. And he threw it out there. Is that relatives of yours? <laughs> she said, yeah, by marriage. <laughs> we can get into such abrasive, abrasive places relationally. We forget don't we? We forget that God said your marriage is not just about your happiness. It is meant to be an image, a metaphor to the world of Christ's love for other people. And so we use the Sabbath to bring ourselves back into relationship. We use Sabbath for a third thing. Deuteronomy chapter 5 links the Sabbath with Israel leaving Egypt and entering into Canaan. Now, what in the world is that about? See, it's in the Sabbath that we rediscover our identity. Who did God make me to be? The children of Israel had been in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. They had been slaves during that time. These are people whom God had come to Abraham and said, you are going to be a great nation. From you will come the Savior of the world. The Messiah will come from you. You will be a model to the world of what it means to live in harmony with the Creator. This was their destiny. This was their calling. And they had totally forgotten it. 400 years of grinding oppression, and it was gone. And Moses leads them out of Egypt and through the wilderness, and he brings them to Canaan. And the Canaan was to be home. Gene Fleming says, oh, they longed for a home that they had never seen. This was home. And in this land of Canaan, they would rediscover who it was that God made them to be. This great nation. This nation from which the Messiah would come. This Canaan land. And you and I, without a Sabbath, can just get into the gears of life and we could crank it out and crank it out and crank it out until we've lost our way. We've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten why we do things. We've forgotten the purposes of our life. So it's kind of like this. You know, uh, Bob Schwann has been preaching, great preaching, but he, he, he got to start using this yellow pen. So I thought, I can't wait to preach so I can use the yellow pen like Bob used. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a triangle See, actually, this is the new model for Journey Church. You can't even preach if you can't work off a triangle. Um, 
You know, if you're, if you're stuck on a rectangle, you get a week to rework the sermon, and if you can't get it to a triangle, you, you get brushed off and somebody else fills in. So uh, I'm under a lot of pressure here. I'm just <laughs> I, I tell you I was sorry, but I'm not. I just, I just, I, I <laughs> so this, this is what he's saying a Sabbath is for. This is what abiding is for. It, it, it's, for, it's, for these, it's for these three things. It's a sacred day. Set apart. In fact, in the Old Testament, if you violated this day, the repercussions were severe because God says, don't, don't not do this. You can't keep healthy if you don't have time where you move from action to reflection. In fact, that's one of the reasons I come to the Global Leadership Summit. That two days where I start hearing somebody else's voice and somebody else's perspective, and I've moved away from from what one commentator called common labor. I don't mean common labor in any negative way. I mean just the normal routine of my labor, and I start focusing from a different angle on something. And then it's a quality We'll just use Q for quality of relationship. I can't maintain quality of relationship apart from that Sabbath. And then it's a declaration of identity. Who am I? This, this is rest. That's what Sabbath is about. That's what rest is about. That's what abiding is about. It's about moving in the direction of those three things. Somebody asked me about someone a while back, and I said, I don't know. I don't know how they can stay healthy because of the pace they live. You and I, we kid ourselves if we think we can stay in overdrive all the time. We weren't designed for that. So let's just finish up with four. Now this, this says eight. I know some of you are already nervous. The people who can't, they, they can't get through without filling everything out. So when I had Whitney draw this up, I said this is the same outline for today and next week because we're only going to look at four and then we'll look at the next four next week. So why have that Sabbath? Because it helps us bring a spiritual reality into our daily lives. I'm replacing action with reflection. The Bible says, what will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? But catch this. It says, and what will he give in exchange for his soul? Do you know what that phrase means? It means that if I have exchanged my soul for the world and now realize it's a mistake... I don't own anything worth buying my soul back with because the world has less value than my soul. What shall he give in exchange for his soul? Sociology has a phrase called taken for granted and it means that some things become so familiar to us that we don't even see them. And so there, be, there can be things that have become such a part of our life, we don't see that they have a destruction or de- eroding quality in our life because they've always been there. 
And the Sabbath helps us see in ways that we would not otherwise see. Second, it's a commitment to a pattern of restoration. Now, this, this is, you catch this now. Imagine you're a bucket. The Bible says any good that you do this week, you're pouring out of the bucket. If you're trying to make an honest living, if you're trying to make a decent profit, if you're trying to take care of your employees, if you're trying to provide a good product, if you're trying to do a good job for your boss, it, it, anything good is virtuous. And all virtue is a pouring out. When the woman who was hemorrhaging touched the hem of Jesus' garment, the Bible says Jesus turned around for he perceived that virtue had gone out of him. And you can't fill up your life doing good and not fill that bucket up. Any good, you want to fill the bucket up. Now, now catch this. Restoration was a principle before the fall of man. Before sin ever entered the world, God said, I've so designed the world that you and I have to rest and restore ourselves. Even Jesus knew that virtue had gone out. That's not a sign of the fall. It's the sign of how we were created. But now, sin has entered the world. We'll blame it on Adam and Eve just for this morning. And so, you know what that means? It means that not only when you try to do good are you emptying the bucket, your bucket has holes in it. My bucket has holes in it. And if I'm doing nothing, I'm losing ground. Because any good is just leaking out of my life. And so because I have a bucket that leaks and I'm pouring out virtue, I have to be filling my bucket. And not good things happen when you and I, over time, don't fill our bucket for the responsibilities that we carry. Third, it brings us into harmony with how we were created Israel was created to be a country of identity and purpose, the country from which the Messiah would come, and they lost it. They lost track of who they were. And the Sabbath helps us restore our sense of harmony and how we were created. And finally, it's a first step in choosing priorities. I work off lists. I got these sheets of paper, and every morning, the first thing I do is I make a list. And sometimes I have a list that's too long for one sheet, so I, I have to use two sheets to, to get all, all the things on my list. And then I prioritize the things on my list. But it's very easy just to try to go down the list and get it all done and not realize what matters and what doesn't matter. Am I doing things that are productive? Am I doing things that matter? Now, this is, this, I'm gonna, this is terrible. So, so I'm, I'm serving a church in Portland, Oregon, and we're thinking about buying a new phone system for the church, and this guy that's selling the phone comes to us, and he says, now, he, he actually said that this was a selling point. He said, now, this phone system is so, so op, operates in such a way that on your cell, cell phone, if if you're in line, now honestly, this is exactly what he said. If you're in line with your family at Epcot, 
and you think, well, I got some time to do some business. You can just push these buttons. I just, I thought, does he know who he's talking to? I mean, we're the church. We're actually supposed to be the ones talking about putting people first. So if I'm, if I'm in line with my spouse and my kids, let's get some work done when this line's not moving. Now, I know there's stuff that comes up. The, the Bible talks about the, the, the livestock that falls in the pit. I'm not talking about that. But it's that difficult for us to dis, de- detach from the routines we establish. And the Sabbath helps us in choosing our priority. Well, where's the beginning of this? I'm just going to read you something as we finish. This is one of the ways that I Sabbath. This little document is for me. It's an act of the Sabbath. But I'll shout with you. I remind myself of what the gospel is. I am created in the image and likeness of God with capacity for healthy relationships, meaningful purpose, and life-giving character. But I chose to become the ruler of my own life. And my independent spirit separated me from my creator and heavenly father. But as an expression of love and a desire for reconciliation, God the Father sent his son, Jesus, to me to provide a way back to him. Jesus Christ came to my habitat This earth was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a life of service, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day, he rose again and ascended back to the Father, where he sits at his right hand, interceding for for me by name. And at a time appointed by the Father, he will return to this earth, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. I became aware of my separation and the yearning of my heart to be reunited with God. I realized that the route to this reunion was Jesus Christ. And so I rejected my independent spirit. And I accepted his offer of Revelation 3.20. And I opened the door of my heart, and I invited him in to begin again a new relationship. And I am home. You'd think after 45 years, I wouldn't have to remind myself of this. But I do. See, without the Sabbath and a busy life, I forget this. And anything good in my life comes because this is true of me. And it is true of God. Let's set our things aside as we finish Bow your heads with me as we close our time together and our eyes bow, eyes closed. And we're not looking around, but maybe as I read that document, which is just my document for my journey today, you you recognized yourself. And you thought, you know, I need to start there. I've lost my way. And I need to go back to the starting place that I was created by God. Christ died for me. 
And that's the beginning of health and life. And you could pray a prayer right where you're seated that expresses some of what I wrote. And you could open the door of your heart and invite him in where he promises to fellowship with you and you with him. And we're going to wait. If you want to do that right now, we're just going to wait while you pray. Lord, thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you for your invitation to Sabbath with you. Thank you for the life you offer us. For all these who slip their hands up, I pray that you will honor their commitment and their decision today. And that you'll send grace into their life to help them in this course that they've heard from you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for your attentiveness. As we finish the service, there are going to be some folks up here that you could pray with. And if the Lord's talked to you this morning about anything, cement that voice of the Lord by just coming up and sharing it with someone and praying with them. May God be with you. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.